Hello and welcome to the Metal Cell Podcast. My name is Richie and I'm delighted to say I have Jim Tobin here with me today on this Tuesday. Isn't this a treat? It is a treat, man. <laughs> All the ways from Malta. He took a bit of time on his busy schedule to call in. Um, how are you finding Ireland at the moment? It's good to be back. Beautiful. I miss the weather. Yeah. I miss the rain. Yeah, give us an idea of what temperatures you have over Malta at the moment. Uh, it's, I'd say, 36 to 40 degrees and 100% humidity. Jesus So Christ. it's like putting your nose over a boiling kettle. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. So I'll never complain about the, the weather here ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and you've kind of um, got in a bit of uh, tourist stuff as well, you have, yeah? I did. I went to see Rotting Christ in Cork last week. <laughs> That's what I mean, class, monolith. Um, what did you think about the setup first in Cypress Avenue? Holy shit, man, the... The last time I saw that place, uh, it had, well, it's, it still kind of has that angle. Yeah. But I mean, they've cut the whole thing out completely. It's, I, I think there are a lot of heads from Dublin who are down for it as well, who are super impressed. It's unbelievable what they've done with the place. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't think I've ever actually been to the pavilion, but I mean, I've been in there once or twice when it was open. Yeah. But um, this, like, this is a, a step up from that again. It is, isn't it? Amazing altogether. And it seems to be more accessible. Yeah, you know, like it's probably a bit easier for promoters to put on gigs there. Like the Pav had a, um, you know, a rental fee and all this and a deposit and that shit. So, um, hopefully, we'll see a lot more gigs coming into Cork now. Yeah, I, t- I, t- I think um, that's probably the whole idea of it. Metal gigs as well. Like, I mean, back in the day, you would have loved to have something like that to offer a bigger band, you know, to come in. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we were kind of tied up. I think back in the when I was doing it, I think we had the cruise gene and. Uh, yeah. Maybe the Savoy was open, but that was out of reach. I, I don't know if, what's the capacity of the Savoy five thousand or something. Yeah, yeah. would have been yeah. So, but again, out of out of reach because um, the the venue fees they put on these places. Um, yeah, can you remember back in the day what roughly how much was was the Savoy? Like I know it's people got Macedon in, and that was a success. You know, I have no idea. I never actually went to a show there. Didn't you know? Uh, I went no. to see Macedon twice there. Suicidal tendencies. All right. And the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> one of these is not like the other <laughs> that's just me but um yeah since you brought it up now we'll, we'll just go go way back in time with the yeah. Krushkin lawn there's a half moon as well which is a lovely venue the half the moon yeah the back so, of the opera house yeah yeah, yeah. did but you have anything in, in there no we did a couple of the blast gigs there um and i mean you'd, you'd fill the place with those those gigs there you'd have i don't know 500 kids yeah you know, coming out to those um uh, that was fantastic. I mean, it was a great way to get to play somewhere like that. Yeah. What bands are playing there? Like, what bands? Uh, back in the day, geez, you would have had... Uh, were they kind of Irish bands, English bands? or? Uh, they were... No, they were all local. Um, okay. Kind of mostly school bands, you know, like, right. that had just kind of started young bands. I think there was... Was there a band called Silent Jack with John Pierce? Uh, John Pearson is his name. Right. Um, there's... Uh, I mean, there's a couple of Battle of the Bands as well. And, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. To be fair, some of those bands... Uh, managed to go on and get a uh, decent support bands in Dublin and uh, they got some TV exposure and stuff like that. So when was that, Jim, roughly? That, uh, I'd say the Blast gigs ran from about maybe 2002 to 2005, 2006. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, great exposure like for these these bands to, to get up on, on a stage like that, uh, like a nice stage, and yeah. uh, play to a, a full house. Yeah. Uh, we, we managed to do it a couple of times. and um, yeah. With Sirocco, is it? With Sirocco, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, when you're when you're young and you get up on a stage like that, it's really encouraging to keep going. Yeah. Um, and all the bands got paid, which was always a, a great thing as well. Yeah. Um, none of this pay for play stuff. I saw no. that there um, lately. Oh, really? I've seen this going on a lot with the, I mean, 
fair enough it's a, if it's a foreign festival or something and uh, you know you need to build up the cost but I've seen a lot of bands having to you know Pay buying, money. buying on to small smaller festivals or you know just like yeah. all dayers and stuff and that that kind of shit doesn't that's crazy fly. man it no, doesn't no. I'm completely anti pay to play yeah I, I saw that yeah spot on man. I, <laughs> I, I agree um, the Krushkin Lawn then um, that was the first one was was that 2005 was it or 2006 which one uh, the Winterfest, wasn't it? Ah, uh, Winterfest 2006. 2006, yeah. 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 So, so you were behind that, weren't you? Had you help? I had, um, I started with, uh, with Acheron. So uh, Acheron, yeah. I think, start started with uh, some of the lads from Karen and Rising. Right. Um, maybe around 2002. I think they might have done something in Nancy Spain's as Acheron. Right. Um, they have uh, Behemoth and um, there was another one. Um yeah, that was around 2002, 2003. Yeah, yeah. They took a break and uh, they came back in the cruise skin. Um, I think they had Cannibal Corpse. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah, decapitated. There was another one to start that off. But yeah, that was the that was the start of it. So yeah. <clears throat> I had just moved to Cork at that stage. Um, uh, were you out of college or where were you? No, no. I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, my uncle just turned up at my house and told me, uh, "I got you a job at Apple." You know, get oh, in the car. Very good. <laughs> Away you go. So I was it. No, no accommodation or anything. Right, really. just like get up and get in the car and go to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Class. So, uh, so that was uh, my my swift uh, arrival in Cork. Right. Um, so and you liked the scene then? Well, I I've been up there a couple of times before um, because I I mean, was playing with uh, with Sirico. How do you pronounce? How do you pronounce it? I, I call it everybody Sirico. Sirico. Cool. We'll yeah, go with that. Sirico. Uh, <laughs> So I've been playing with Sirocco there since uh, <laughs> 2003 yeah. uh, maybe 2004. And they were all uh, local lads, were they? They were, they're all from Lismore. Yeah, yeah, you were instrumental originally, weren't you? We, yeah, we were, we recorded the first album instrumental. Uh, we just couldn't find someone to do it. In fact... Nemed. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. In fact, Kieran had uh, tried out on vocals maybe a year prior before we actually started Sirocco. Right. Uh, we turned them down, <laughs> so we were getting to a stage. Then you know, later on, we had uh, we had Paul Flynn on vocals for a while, right. but, but that was more of a hardcore style. Okay, uh, and it it didn't suit what we wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, so in, in the end, Kieran said, "Fuck it, let me try it again." Yeah, he went away and learned. <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah, well, he was he was getting a bit better. I think he was singing in other things at the time. Okay. And, uh, so and was, he'd grown. His voice had deepened a little yeah. bit, and. Yeah, he joined in 2007, so it was like nearly four years, is it? 2000, yeah, must have been. Uh, yeah. So we started 2003, yeah, around four years. Yeah. So just in time for the second album. Right, okay. So, uh, But I mean, there was a huge uh, difference in his voice from the second album to the third album. By the mm-hmm. third album, he had matured. Um, right. And he, you know, he had a great idea of what he was doing. And uh, So if you were to ask me, I'd say the third album is probably my favourite. It's the most mature. Right, okay. And um, so you were kind of gigging then... Like just how did it build up? I suppose when Kieran joined, you went folk. You had either uh, you went from instrumental to kind of normal band four piece, and yeah, yeah. you you released the second album. Then was it? Well, we had the second album already written, right? Okay, um, and we had the the lyrics and everything written, uh, and the whole concept. And okay. we just needed somebody to sing it, you know, because yeah. as we had the the kind of hardcore style vocals, uh, we didn't we weren't confident enough with them going forward to go in right. and record them. Yeah. So uh, I'd say it was in the space of a month that, <laughs> that yeah. we switched out the vocal vocalist and uh, Kieran just went in and had some had, had some. And how did you it. market that album then? Um, I think we had a we had a deal with uh, District. Uh, what was it called? 
District 14 or District 13, something. District 9, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Code 7. So, I mean, the the album was available in, um, you know, all the, the warehouse catalogs. So okay. if somebody asked for it, they could order it in at HMV and stuff like that. Right. <clears throat> but, um, I mean, mostly just selling it at gigs and stuff. Yeah, word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. So that much. was back, back in the day, long before the social media yeah, yeah, side exactly. of things. I still have hundreds of copies of all of them. So have you? If anybody wants one. <laughs> check, check them out on uh, Facebook there on Jim Tobin. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just to get a get a kind of idea of, of where it was at the time in relation to other Irish bands, um, well, what's, what kind of scene was it? Was it like kind of primordial were there as well, weren't they? Yeah, but I mean, we um, when we started, um, we had very little access to music, you know, because there's no no Spotify or no YouTube yeah. or anything. I mean, I don't even think we had heard uh, Iron Maiden or anything at that stage. Right. We're like, maybe what's on, a, you know, what's on uh, Scuzz or Kerrang? I don't yeah. even think Scuzz was there or Kerrang. Nah, <laughs> MTV2. MTV2, so, yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, picking things up. I mean, when we when we started playing um, this style with the the dual guitar harmonies and stuff, we hadn't heard Thin Lizzy. <laughs> really, jeez. So uh, yeah, I was just making things up as we went along and tried to be as cheesy as possible. If it made <laughs> us laugh, it made the cut. <laughs> Classic. And um, so, kind of, you were based in County Waterford still at this stage. Yeah, and and, and trying to get gigs in Cork. Yeah, it was quite. I mean, we it? found it very difficult. We we felt like we, you know, we were ready to go and just uh, just couldn't get anyone to bite. Yeah. Uh, or else we just didn't have the contacts for it yet. And what any. age were you then, roughly? Uh, I was maybe 17, 16. Okay, geez, uh, you were still John, very young. Then. John Owens, I think the lead guitarist was 13, 14. Oh, he, okay. he was thirteen when he recorded the first demo with us. Right. Um, so, uh, so you were relying on parents and stuff to get you around the place as well. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, yeah. Rob, uh, Rob, the drummer was uh, a bit older, so he was out, he was had his license, so uh, yeah. that helped a lot. He was uh, he did a lot of driving. <laughs> did you, he didn't actually? Did you play y'all maybe or any one of those places? Don Garvin. We played Don Garvin our second ever gig at the Abbey Bar. Oh yeah, no, um, the Abbey Bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even know if it's still there, but I think it might be. It was a, it was actually a great place. The back room there could have held, you know, two hundred people. We yeah. had, we had six. <laughs> <laughs> so, Class. So uh, um, and from then, I think from there, I think we got um, actually funny enough the uh, one of the monolith organizers, Con Doyle. Oh yeah, uh, Con, gave us yeah. our first spot in Cork. There might there might have been another one. Um, we played. I can't remember the name of the venue. What's the name? The the singer of Violent Jack. Right. I heard that name before. Yeah, I, I can't think of his name. Sorry, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we played our first show there. Uh, but our first uh, kind of proper gig was the we played the Krushkin, and it was actually Con from Monolith. Yeah, uh, got us that show. Right. Um, a couple of shows after that for uh, Freak FM. Kind of, they they had a couple of nights going every so often. Yeah. Um, then into Fred's. Eventually, we made it up to. Uh, Galway um, played a lot of small places in between as well uh, right. I, mean, I think we did Kilkenny might have done somewhere in Tipperary uh, eventually Dublin Belfast and in the end we've done the pretty much the whole country yeah. a couple of times yeah um, yeah. it was obviously it's a slow rise that way and oh, compared to well. what it is now you know we in fact I think we might have played uh, played the UK before we played Dublin <laughs> really yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, it's difficult to get into Dublin because there's so much stuff going on there. Yeah, and of course it was just again all networking, sending out tapes, demos. That's it. It's it? that's yeah. Well, part of the game is I mean you go to gigs, you you chat with people, and you know hope you might you know you find somebody who gets you into their town or something like yeah. that. Or yeah, yeah it's, it's just a network. 
Yeah. So so eventually, anyway, you, you moved to Cork, settled in, got the cruise skiing loan, then up and running for um, a few different types of gigs anyway, initially, was it? Because like it had a kind of repetition of being a, as a kind of a punk place as well and ska as well. That would know? have been before my time. Yeah. But I, I remember the uh, by the first gig I saw there um, was Ackercock and Oh, yeah. Sixth. That's mad. Did you meet Nathaniel? Um, from from, from um, Damon. I don't don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he was um, in Cork um, from Ireland. Their band played Damon. Ah, uh, right. Yes. Okay. Shout out to Nathaniel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the that was the first gig I saw on the cruise skiing. Uh, that's back when the that's back when the 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 wall was open, and you know you had the second part of the cruise yes, skiing and the correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was brilliant. Yeah. And the sound there that night, I think, because at the time I'm not even sure if the cruise skiing had its own PA system. Um, I think it might have. It was uh, at the at, as you came in on the left hand side. That's where the PA. Well, by, well that's I where mean, the sound desk was. Um, I don't know where the PA. But the yeah, by the the front of house by the stage. The, yeah. I remember that for that particular gig, the sound was massive. As in, you know, <laughs> you st- you stand within a couple of feet of the speakers and you're vibrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, it was that was a cool one. Uh, and that that might have been my first time in Fred's as well. The same right. same night. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, and did you get to meet the lads in Rotten Christ that night? This is the the Burning Oak weekend. Or? The Burning Oak weekend. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, did you did you go up and collect them yourself, or how did that pan out? Um, no, I think we we had a driver. They definitely went to Dublin that time. Okay, uh, but I I think I had already met them a couple of times. Um, I might have seen them in Greece or something like that. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but that's a story for later on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then you got in destruction, correct? Hail of Bullets. Was that all you, or was it again under that so promotions it, company? It kind of it it morphed uh, through a, a couple of different variations. There was um, uh, when I moved up to Cork first. There was the the Akron with the, yeah. the guys from Carlin Rising. Basically, mm-hmm. were were looking after it. Um, and after a while, they got in uh, Doctor Rock, uh, and uh, I think was it the only one. And eventually, I came in as well um, after Doctor Rock. Uh, so yeah, I went through a few different changes. The the cruise skiing came under or was changed around as well. Kieran bought that out, or right. you know, took over the license, um, which gave us you know much better access to gigs. I remember uh, we uh, Soraka played a gig at Nancy Spain's one one time. I think it could have been November two thousand and six or two thousand and five. And I ended up talking to Kieran for a good. Two and a half hours, you know, he's, he's very chatty. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he might be listening to. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, he was telling me about his intentions to to take over the cruise skiing. Mm-hmm. I thought, ah, sure, he's he's only talking out his arse. Yeah. <laughs> so I met him again about two months later, and he said, "Oh, I signed the signed the the the, the papers. It's it's mine. I got the keys." <laughs> Brilliant. So I think his uh, his opening bash was uh, he wrote down thirteen forty nine. Oh yeah, uh, I think he got them a taxi down from Dublin. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, so that was the start of that. Uh, it made things a lot easier then. There was no, uh, you know, venue rental fees. Right. Uh, the cruise scheme became, you know, having having somebody who's um, a metalhead or a rocker himself. Mm. Uh, he was more about the music rather than the the profit. Yeah. Okay. So, um, definitely made the cruise scheme more accessible. And iconic as well because of it for us anyway, you know. Oh yeah, a lot of weird things have gone on there. Yeah. <laughs> so like I mean, like standout gigs there were Exodus, you know, Onslaught. I mean, Amon Amort, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's so many going yeah. back to it. It's fantastic. Um, that was the first time I actually had a conversation with you, 
Um, I think um, it was for Monomart. The Fintroll gig, was it? Yeah. Monomart's and Fintroll. Yeah, that's right. On yeah. a Monday night. Yeah, you yeah. were sweating bullets there. You weren't, you weren't <laughs> sure if you were going to make the make the money back oh that would have been every gig (laughs) yeah 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 and usually i didn't (laughs) but i mean just for their fee alone can you remember what it was i I think you told me it was just like something i just my jaw hit the ground could have been about six thousand yeah something like that i I mean it wasn't more it was they might have played dublin they were playing dublin the night after i think Hmm. um so this is this is a, a a strange time where you know bands could come to dublin and get a second show in cork or maybe a third show if belfast was on the list as well um, before you were splitting costs between you know the two shows D- right. Dublin and Belfast, mm-hmm. so this made things a bit maybe slightly easier for for everyone because you could split those ferry costs or whatever between the three shows. Okay, so that's the way you'd look at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that was that was a, a pretty good one. Um, Some mental, really, when you think of it, you know. Yeah. My own personal fave then was uh, Triptychon as well. That was a class one as well to see. <laughs> um, and what like kind of Imme- yeah. immeasurable indignities were suffered there I on know, both parts <laughs> i know i know yeah just a lot of hassle like you know but so looks, oh well some things don't always go as planned and um you know this, this one didn't not, not everybody was happy leaving yeah um, in comparison i think primordial and rod and christ had a pretty cool time yeah so you'd have to ask them <laughs> exactly yeah um just uh, going back as well, like how much would Exodus cost now to get them in? Can you remember that? I don't think I was dealing with the the cash kind of situation on that. Um, they came in uh, again when it was kind of a uh, Karen and Rising guys looking after it. Yeah, um, that was a fantastic gig, oh, amazing. Yeah, um, and that might be one of the first really big ones in the. In the it was, game. yeah, yeah. So just amazing. That's because that, that was that was November two thousand and five, and the the next big one I remember after that was Cannibal Corpse, which was two thousand and six. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they were, I mean, they were coming in, su- in succession there, you know, one awesome gig after another. Yeah, it was, not it? So, um, I think then there was, there was a, the first gig I actually did with them was, it must have been January 2006, there was uh, Gassa and the, the Firstborn from Portugal. Right. Uh, playing in the Cubiculo. So, that yeah, that was a venue, it's the only time I've done anything in that venue, I think. Um, and that was the one where, at that time, it was... Myself, uh, Cahill from Karen and Rising, and Doctor Rock, doing mm-hmm. the the gig, and um, they they weren't too sure about numbers beforehand. They they were thinking about you know pulling the plug on it, right? Um, and I kind of stepped in and said, let it let it run. We'll see see what happens. So uh, I think Cahill had a family emergency or something, and he had to head back to Galway. Mm-hmm. So it was me and uh, Doctor Rock looking after the gig, and uh, I think then Doctor Rock disappeared, and I was left <laughs> with an empty cash box. To pay two or three bands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, if I remember correctly, I told them, uh, you know what, uh, get a get a box of Heineken from the bar and charge it to Carl. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it just kind of better than nothing, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, there were mad times, all right. So, well, I mean, it takes uh, it takes some brass balls to deal with this shit on a you know a weekly, monthly basis. Yeah. So it's not an easy job, and it's not um. There's a, no no cert- certificates or no training behind it. You just have to kind of get in there and try mm. and be as tough as possible. <laughs> um, what about like kind of out of a lot of those bands and that we were talking about there? There was a few Irish bands as well knocking on the door at the time. Dead Label, can you remember Dead Label playing Cork that yeah, time? Yeah, uh, Dead Label um, had done a bat- There was a battle of the bands in Dublin um, a few weeks before Winterfest. I can't remember the the name of it. There was some promotion run, running it in uh, in association with Monster. 
Monster were sponsoring it. Uh, Dead Label won it, and I think part of the deal we had was that the the winner of this battle of the bands would get a a spot on on the Winterfest lineup. Yeah, and I don't remember a whole lot about them playing. Just uh, I remember meeting Claire for the first time. Yeah, um, and I mean, I guess they blew the place away, but I I was probably dealing with other things at the time, so yeah, um, didn't see much of them yeah. as they were playing. Uh, they've come, but they came down a few other times to the Krushkin and always blew the place away. Even starting out, they were always a f- fantastic band. Yeah, exactly. So, like, um, and I love the way that they always did things their own way. You know, mm. there's no, uh, they didn't get into the scene politics or anything. They just, you know, st- straight ahead. They have their own vision of what they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say probably they've. I mean, they've played so many shows all over Europe and uh, probably even the states now as well. Yeah, it's it's amazing the way it's going. I'm kind of glad they went four piece as well. Just a bigger sound, you know. Was that recently? Yeah. Um, they went four-piece there last year, really. Um, ah, okay. Uh, we, we, we had them in Malta. Uh, that's correct, yeah. Two, three years ago. I saw that, yeah. And again, I wasn't actually involved. It just um, somehow <laughs> it happened that they, they managed to get a, a or they, they got a festival spot over there. And um, it was great to catch up with them. But uh, and great to see them live. They put on a great show. Ah, they do, yeah. They put on a great show. I mean, you, you're aware now of kind of what's in Cork now in relation to the promoters and stuff have you you've been following the scene probably from afar you know haven't you uh, well because I'm slightly somewhat involved with the Irish Metal Archive with, as well yeah, so I catch up might as well just talk about that that's what that's why I was leading into it there cool. how did that um, yourself and John O'Brien really into it is there someone else yeah well I mean John is the, the main guy I, I kind of handle the you know the tech side of it right um, but I think I met him uh I suppose he was probably coming up to gigs in the Krushkeen for for a long time before I even spoke to him. Okay. And he was on the the Metal Ireland forums, uh, yeah. Job Rock. Um, so it was only after a fair while I realised he was from Formoy, which is not too far away from me either. Right. And uh, in the meantime, he started putting up. Um, he had a blog where he was posting like uh, links. Uh, we, I don't know we transfer whatever it was at the time, just uh, uh, links to to old demos. Just started as a project of his, and um, it was great. I mean, I found. Like the metal cell, it's a it was a great archive of uh, Irish rock and metal, you know, yeah. just stuff that would be lost to time if yeah. somebody didn't kind of curate it. Yeah. Um. So I just ended up chatting to him and said, like, the blog, you know, that's probably not going to last forever. If it's a free free hosted blog, you know, they could pull it at any time, and you know, you lose all your work. So, um, we just put together a kind of a system so we can get all this information into one place and just have it, yeah. you know, safe. Yeah. Um. For that, there's actually a a second version of the the archive uh, due to launch later this year. Oh, cool. Um, so that's a nice one to hear. It's yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, new stuff in it and a lot of you know, they make it more interactive for for bands and yeah. you know people who can contribute information. Yeah. If they can. Yeah. You know maybe they should or would. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean it's fantastic to have the Irish Metal Archive um there. You know it's like an encyclopedia of. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, of every and kind of band. I mean, there is there is the there is the metal archive, which in in itself is a, a huge resource for like bands all over the world. Yeah, um, I think the the Irish metal archive just goes a little bit deeper into it. There are a lot of bands that, you know, might only be known by name, or if, like, say, if John had attended a gig and yeah. he might remember this band, or he might have got a demo. Yeah, these these things would never have resurfaced. Yeah, and and you've got guys as well that like which I love as well. Um, that have been going to the gigs as long as us and, and longer. Um, you know, shout out to Pat Clancy. Oh, there, yeah. You know, Hello, and uh, Toby <laughs> as well, you know. Just like you could spend like two or three episodes with these lads, you know, just talking about 
Oh, definitely. Have you done one with Pat Clancy yet? I have, yeah. Pat and Toby. Right, yeah. that's that's on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. check that out. Um, you're mentioned on it. As I said, it's it's just just to make sure, like we 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 look after our history. Yeah, and all yeah. the guys that played and were involved in the scene. You know, they're, they're I'll st- tell you. I'll tell you a quick one. Go um, on, yeah. I'd say a couple of years ago, I had uh, you know applied to a couple of different um, you know government institutions institutions or the 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 arts board or the uh, Forest Nagelga, all these different little places so that especially the arts council i wanted to target them yeah. to try and get some funding for the archive to you know keep it alive longer and try and invest something in it mm-hmm. to me it seems like you know it's something that's worthwhile investing yeah so i got a, a solid no from both of them the other option was i wanted to have it translated to irish right um which again seems like a no-brainer you know if you want yeah. to try and promote um language why not you know combine it with music promote language through music um so I saw the other day, anyway, Duffy Circus is sponsored by the Arts Council, and I was thinking, for fuck's sake. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, true Jesus story. Jesus Christ almighty. So Incredible. One day. But the, yeah, one of the aims is to translate the, the archive to, to Gaelga once, you know, we have the resources, and, you know, probably I should uh, uh, scratch yeah. up on my, my Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, there, there is a few few lads out there that are very good that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. Um but yeah, the Arts Council, yeah, I'd Rob O'Halloran on there. Um, it's not released yet. Um, he He's um, a film director and he does videos as well for bands. And he said he got no funding, can't get funding. You know, uh, And I think it, it's, uh, again, almost uh, heavy metal and rock is almost a taboo here in Ireland. You don't it hear is. it on the radio or anything. You're and correct, uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's terrible. It's a sin. <laughs> yeah. So. Like kind of when you did the Irish... Um, Metal Archives with John. Were you still living in Ireland at that stage? Or had yeah, you? I was. I think we started that around 2011. We right. started moving everything over. But I did the, most of the work on it while I was in while I was in Malta. Um, but I mean, a lot of this is just, it's archiving stuff. John has all the material. Yeah. He's, he's the, the one who has hoarded this stuff. He's yeah. got like thousands of gig flyers going back to the late 60s. That's amazing. It's insane what, um, what the amount of stuff he has. And we've only just scratched the surface of it. I'd say we have maybe 15 percent of the of the material on the site at the moment 15 percent yeah Jesus. the amount is insane. yeah I, I, i'm gonna get him on the show he knows that himself um great <laughs> if we'll have a good laugh on that so you had a career change then and got out of ireland yeah uh, how did that story come out if you don't mind talking about it? yeah um so uh basically i met a maltese girl and um I'm not allowed to tell the story. So we moved to Malta anyway. We have twin boys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when and was that? They're, well, they're nearly as old as I am in Malta. So um, that was 2012. I moved over there uh, August 2012. So right. How long is that? And um, that's like seven years now. Yeah, that's yeah, a long time. But um, yeah, that that was it. So I just uh, moved over to moved over to Malta. And what part? Malta is about the size of Cork City. Right. So, the center. Yeah. <laughs> it's a place called Santa Venera. It's okay. um, well, Malta's a, a cool little place. When I when I got there first, I was kind of bummed about the lack of metal. There was there was some stuff there. I mean, there was um, there was a Malta Doom Fest, right. uh, which I think even a lot of people here might know of as well. We've had a lot of yeah, Irish, over a few there. Irish bands played. Yeah. Um, and there was a Malta Death Fest uh, right. at the opposite side of the year, um, run by I think Frank from Beheaded. Uh, and that that only lasted a year or two. But apart from that, 
there were a handful of bands that would play maybe every three to four weeks in just the same bands in a different rotation and it got a mm. for, for me like for me coming from cork where that you could have three gigs on in the same night yeah at pretty much any night of the week this is like a yeah it was a bit disappointing so yeah <laughs> so um i started by bringing sirocco over for a, a show there uh the the one thing about malta is there there was a severe lack of venues yeah so in comparison to just like putting a band on in the cruise skin in malta you would have to rent a room or a yard you would have to bring in a stage you would have to hire in the sound the lights and then you could start looking about bringing in bands so the right. start of cost would be maybe 1000 to 1500 euros just to you know have somewhere for them to play yeah um over time we've kind of remedied that we've uh we've moved to there was a cool venue in the center of the island called coconut um and they had a room upstairs where we started doing gigs um that closed down and luckily in the last two years i think we have a new venue there now called the garage yeah, which which is what we needed it's uh, it's got the stage the sound the lights the the engineer and what can it hold uh it can hold about 300 300 so yeah i'm basically back in the cruise scheme but in yes. malta yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and kind of when you were initially went over there you were probably trying to suss out what kind of crowds were going to these gigs uh, yeah i find it's um it's a very split crowd uh, right. which a lot of people you know would say it's the same in europe you know black metal heads don't go to death metal gigs uh, death metalers don't go to heavy metal gigs that kind yeah. of thing um this is not as severe but it's it still happens whereas i think in cork a lot of the time you get metalers going to metal gigs you do you get a huge mix yeah, yeah. yeah um this is a lot more segregated but um we're trying to diversify it now so instead of you know putting on a black metal lineup we try to stack it with a couple of bands um yeah. and it's a bit of something for everyone mm-hmm. and i mean over the last two years i suppose we've brought over i mean we brought in malta we had um we've had rotten christ we've had moonspell uh last uh, two weeks ago we had cryptos from india who are right. an amazing band if you ever get the chance to check them out on spotify okay um, cool shout well out to them. uh we had morning beloved we had gamma bomb yeah um so came in as well didn't they as well? we had suits there and they went down fantastically i mean they're they're coming back for sure cool uh i think they enjoyed it but the the crowd loved them right um, okay they I, I I had a had a feeling people would would enjoy the show yeah. that Liam puts on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um but yeah, they I don't think that kind of thing is seen much in Malta like that uh I don't even know how to describe it. It's a show like. It is, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh Liam's the the man for the job, Liam yeah. Hughes. Yeah. Um he's on he's on um kind of sabbatical at the moment. I think he's touring around the world, you know. So Yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. play to him. So that's um Metal Insula Promotions. That's that's the one. Is yeah. that, have I pronounced that correct, yeah? Yeah. Um I think the translation is in Maltese it could be uh Metal Brain and in Latin I think it's Metal Center or Metal Island. Right. So um yeah, that's, that's pretty much the main And then, as I said, that kind of, you're kind of running, have you got a gig every month now at this stage? Uh, it's getting kind of close to that. We've maybe one every three months. Okay. Um, the the next one we have over there now is Skyforger. Right. Um, and after that, we have, I think, Ancient uh, from Norway. Ancient, is yeah, it? Yeah, the, yeah, very old band. Yeah. Um, I think we're on MTV at one stage. They have that famous uh, videos at Lilith's Embrace. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So it's it's amazing to look back <laughs> and see the MTV logo at the bottom. 
Yeah. Uh, and like kind of like have you diversified since you've gone over there as well like um in relation to we'll say working with gigs i know you hire out backline equipment and stuff as well yeah, Is that, yeah. that's still your company as well yeah <clears throat> so that yeah that's another story is when i when i moved over to malta um there's not the same camaraderie in the in the scene bands aren't as willing to lend gear or you know even to rent gear Really, yeah. Um, so you have to go so to that the was a bit of an eye opener straight yeah, away, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm still, still, I'm the foreigner coming in. So maybe if they didn't know me, they didn't want to lend me some stuff, or okay. if they didn't want to rent stuff, or didn't want to work on it. So it meant going to the backline companies who charge, you know, full whack for a drum kit or for amps and all that. Right. And I was getting very fed up with this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you try to do a deal with them and get a. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do five shows at a discounted rate, and there was still no. It's a uh, this is the price. Yeah. So um, was it one or two shops had a monopoly on that? Yeah, yeah. There's, okay. there's still there's two big backline companies over there. I mean, they have a great selection of stuff, but it's it's expensive. Right. Um, so I mean, if you're looking to hire a backline uh, drums, amps, heads, whatever for a for a single show, you'd probably be paying six seven hundred. Right. Okay. Um, and that's you know. That doesn't really work when you with the size of the crowd that we get for this okay. niche genre, you know. So, um, yeah, I was getting a bit fed up with that, so I just went and bought everything. And now, <laughs> right. now I, I I basically rented out to um, other promoters and any you know metal shows for a fraction of the price. It's just to cover yeah. breakables or you know yeah. cover any damages. But there's not not really any profit being made about it. It the it's the spirit of correct. You know, just yes. camaraderie and trying to build a, a small little scene and that if if the promoter can continue breaking even and not losing money on backline expenses then maybe we'll see more shows yeah and uh that's and i get to i usually get to see the gigs for free <laughs> so. yeah well there's there's that to it too yeah yeah, yeah. but um yeah it's great to, to hear like i mean because it sounds like there wasn't much of a community spirit there initially it's probably you'd always <coughs> probably get like three or four guys you know frustrated and you know say then Jim comes in and kickstarts <laughs> well, it, yeah? The, yeah, the thing is, after we started doing, um, we brought in Rod in Christ, was the second show we did, uh, in yeah. an open-air show, and we had over 300 people. Um, right. And that was, you know, that was really good. Uh, and it, I think people started to see that this, you know, this could work, and they started bringing in some bands themselves. So for a while, there was a there were a good few different promoters. There are still a few left from that now that are still in the game. Yeah. But uh, a lot of them fizzled out quickly. Okay. Uh, but I find a lot of people, they bring in smaller bands and try to charge similar ticket prices to something like Rotting Christ and it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to, if you want to, you know, if you want to do it, you have to go all in and, you know, you have to invest the money and bring the, mm-hmm. the big names. Yeah. And like kind of for Irish bands now wanting to get out to Malta. Um, yeah. Drop me a message. Drop me um, a message. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm your guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you got a you know you've got a sun holiday. There are direct flights from uh, Cork, Dublin, and Belfast now to to Malta. Yeah, I noticed that there's flights now from Cork out yeah, there, so which is great. Man, that's you know? a, that's a godsend because uh, yeah. before that I was flying Malta to Dublin. It was about four and a bit hours, and mm-hmm. then you'd have to rent a car three hours to get back to County Waterford. Yeah. Um, now flight from Malta to Cork. You know, I'm at from the airport to my door in less than an hour. That's class. Uh, that means I can come back more often than yeah. You know, bother yeah. everyone <laughs> <laughs> and um what like you you have you worked um, a lot of festivals then as well um over it, there yeah yeah so because of the the backline stuff um, yeah you know we're doing uh, well one providing backline but we're also doing tech work and uh stage management and all this stuff so it's a great way to pick up different aspects of of um you know of the business i guess yeah 
um, and even just to you know you get to to meet people who are kind of involved in other sides of these things like yeah. I, I do a lot of uh, government festivals over there okay um, which is very very interesting to see because I mean the government um, has does put out a budget there for for big metal shows they had dream dream theater there uh, a couple of weeks ago right um, I mean that, that they brought the whole production right uh, pretty much all of it was government funded which was a uh, a lot of uh, some bands were a little bit annoyed about about that that the government would put money into bring someone like dream theater in rather than invested in the local bands yeah so I can see their point yeah um, but you know for me I got to you know, you I, got I, to work it, did you? Yeah. I didn't even watch Dream Theater, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I got to work with this amazing setup. The amount of gear they brought was pretty crazy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they brought a, an Arctic truck full of equipment. Okay, so that was so really like big scale. Yeah. Definitely. I think they also chartered a flight for them, <laughs> if I if I'm right. Yeah. So. Um. Like it's it's interesting to hear that because I mean you know um like again bad reputation and DME got in uh, Amon Amart and Behemoth to the king john's castle you know yeah yeah that's and uh that's huge i mean that's a a, a groundbreaker again yeah so um i, I heard it went pretty well so. yeah it's just, just amazing yeah it really cool. was like and and uh, it was like a festival abroad but it was in limerick if you know what i mean yeah, so every, yeah. all, all the major heads were there ah, you know all cool. the bands were there and it was just a, it was a real great celebration of that uh, i mean congrats to both of them i hope it becomes a yearly thing I yeah mean, we're all hoping that way you know fingers crossed um kind of for the moment you know um it's really interesting to see which way it's going kind of the metal scene you know I, there's so many um bands out there there's so many kind of promoters it's a uh, it's a real rich feeding ground at the moment you know yeah yeah for and sure. i think i think the likes of you now as well like representing us over in malta as well can well that's another little thing i'm trying to do is um try to bridge the gap between the yeah. other so i mean we have there's a, a, a couple of good bands over in malta in fact there's a couple of great bands over in malta yeah um give a shout out to a few of them yeah there, for yeah. sure victims of creation who are coming here that's um, right with paranoid beast yeah. yeah yeah they're fantastic you've got to check them out in yeah. cork and belfast next week yeah um there's a hexus and zatorev zatorev Zatorev, yeah yeah yeah. so that's uh next friday in belfast and saturday 24th of august and freds yeah yeah that's the one so um yeah come down to freds and uh you know, Will you be back mind. at that stage? Are you hoping to prolong the visit to that for that? Oh, I'm going to prolong it. Yeah, I'll be there. yeah. Like, like I said, I'll be signing Sirocco albums in the in the beer garden. Hey, hey so. exclusive, <laughs> <laughs> and you can have them for free. <laughs> Go on. So that's victims of creation. Who else should so you be shouting a, out? Uh, I have to give a shout out to Forsaken um, right. and Albert Bell, the godfather of uh, rock and roll over in Malta. Uh, Nomad Son. Um, Sorry, who are? F- uh, Going back to Forsaken, there. Mm-hmm. What kind of style of music are they? Uh, they're doom. Okay. Uh, kind of doom death uh, or doom heavy metal. Right. Um, but uh, kind of an old band from around ninety two, ninety three. Okay. Uh, still going. They don't know how to describe them. They're just uh, very good. Check them out. They got mm-hmm. a load of albums up on Spotify, as far as I know. Um, Nomad Son is also the same bass player, Albert Bell, uh, the father of doom. And <laughs> <laughs> there's a got a shout out to um, Slit. Uh, and beheaded so slit i think were one of the first bands i saw in cork um around 2002 2003 yeah uh funny enough you know that people that you meet later on in life have been in the same you know the same room as you yeah 15 20 years earlier yeah. 15 years earlier and you know you would never even know it um so there's slit there's a uh, beheaded a really awesome band we've uh 
there was recently an article in Malta about uh, who was the you know who's the most well known or the most popular musician in Malta, and there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of crap there like yeah. mainstream radio friendly yeah, shit. Yeah. So it turns out the most popular band in Malta is Beheaded with uh, something like 189,000 likes. That is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That is and brilliant. none of the none of the mainstream stuff comes even close. <laughs> so. so that's cool, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, it came from the desert. Another cool desert rock band. Um, uh, I think Fallen Icon, uh, really cool deathcore band along the lines of Dead Label. Right. Okay. Um, and many more. De- Decline the Fall, uh, kind of. Uh, hard, well, kind of emotional or emo, however you yeah, say, it, but a emo. really solid, good uh, yeah. band with lots of great guitar stuff. So, yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, because like a lot of the bands that played Malta, you've actually been in in Cork with them. You know what I mean? Like just like destruction, Exodus, decapitated. Yeah. Oh, you know? we haven't uh, we haven't had Warbringer. destruction, but uh, Warbringer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They that played was, Cork, didn't they? They did. Uh, that was. Probably the last, uh, the last big one was it yeah. Warbringer and Elm Street. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, there was that one. I think there was only one more gig after that at the Kruskeen, and that was uh, Putrefy. Right. Um, and on the last night in the Kruskeen, I had this uh, this white desk for the cash box all okay. through the years I was there. On the last night in the in the Kruskeen the desk fell apart from woodworm, <laughs> and it was just symbolic. <laughs> So <laughs> that's fantastic, man. So um, yeah, that was that was a Friday night, I think, and uh, I got a call on Monday from Kieran saying, uh, "Jim, if you want your your stuff, come get it now." <laughs> <laughs> so when I collected my gear, and that was that was it. By that by that time, they had already finished the bar, and <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the PA system was gone. The stage was half torn down over two days. Jesus <laughs> Christ! So, but uh, the sign is still up there, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's miserable now walking past it and seeing nothing done with the place. I know, so. yeah, and and it's probably there is probably a lease you can get out in it and stuff. Isn't it? Uh, there's a lot of uh, crazy politics going on with the place. Yeah. Apparently, the the owner is not in Ireland anymore, and you know can't be traced yeah. after the NAMA stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say nothing. Yeah. And um, so, are you? Is what about Crystal Mountain? Then web design is that your baby or yeah, yeah so that's um just my day job okay. um, just web development and uh web store stuff so right. shout out to Invictus uh, okay. Invictus Productions um, Dara Dara uh, Scobes and Sentinel um okay. and then I have uh, <clears throat> I work with some other cool little labels like um Mesaco on Oyo on Oyo an eye for an eye in the UK um, right. Territory Possessions in Norway. Uh, Temple of Mystery in Canada, who just recently reissued the Pagan Altar re- releases. Okay. Um, so lots of cool little clients. I've got a, um, you know, everything I do seems to be somehow metal related. Yeah, <laughs> and you're making a career so out of it. You know, if I could, if I can work with people I like and do something I love, then you know, yeah. that's that's cool. So like you're approachable again for um, bands and maybe yeah, if anybody to do any work. For yeah, you, if yeah. anybody wants a, a website or um, a web store or you know. Uh, an archive, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, come chat. Yeah. So it's it's always on the cheap for something I enjoy. Yeah, and as well as she would look after her own lads anyway. Oh yeah, sure. I have for years. Morning beloved as well. Uh, old season. Uh, old season. Jesus, yeah, there's a name yeah. I haven't heard in years. Definitely. Yeah, um, they're on my list as well. They'll be coming to Malta next year, I think. Yeah. Um, but as 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 I was saying, we're kind of trying to build a bridge so that uh, uh, we can get some more Irish uh, bands over to Malta. Yeah. Because um, I mean we. 
we we both have that island mentality. Yeah. Um, it's just like Ireland, but it's uh, like Ireland in the seventies, and it's really hot. Yeah. Um, is the beer cheap? The beer is cheap. Smokes are cheap. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's 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 a good place for a holiday. Um, and there's a, a really cool scene there. Um, lots of yeah. cool heads. So, kind of, if if for example, now um, a band was able to contact you, just kind of say, for a gig in maybe six months time, like how much notice would you? Would you need kind of? You do what you want about six months, yeah. If not, okay. If not more, um, I mean, some of the gigs I book in there could be nearly a year in advance, right? Um, especially for the bigger ones, yeah. Um, the calendar does fill up quickly, but uh, okay. then again, uh, then Malta is a very festive place as well. Like in the summer, especially August, it basically shuts down because one, it's too hot to do a a show inside, right? Even with the air conditioning on, it's just you know the air is too thick, yeah. Um. And then, you know, people going abroad for festivals and stuff, it's not, not worth it to put on shows in, in the summer. Yeah. Um, but then September, October, November could fill up quite quickly. Okay. Um, and then the other side of the year as well, you know, they're, they're kind of, I suppose the, when most of the bands are, most bands are touring Europe and stuff around that time for club shows. So you, you know, they'll fill up fairly fast. Yeah. That's great, man. It's a fantastic thing you're doing, man. Respect. Yeah, know? but it's amazing I couldn't just leave Ireland and, you know, let it die. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, itchy fingers and I had yeah. to, you know. And, uh, and as I said, like, you you know, you obviously had a good critical look at what was needed in Malta. And just Not kind really. Of I, I, I never kind of, I never seem to think things through fully. Okay. I do things in stages and then figure out how that's going to lead to the next thing. Right, okay. Which usually works, not always, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one thing at a time. Same thing as the um, the the backline stuff. Um, I didn't go out and buy a backline. Uh, I had Moonspell who wanted a specific drum kit, and we didn't have it on the island. So I said, "Okay, I gotta buy it." <laughs> so, but then from the from there, yeah, you know, you can rent it out cheap to other bands if they need it, and um, then from there you buy the the next yeah. couple of things. I had uh, some Marshall shit here that I shipped over from from Ireland. Um, just eventually kind of built a backline, picked up cheap shit, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it saves it saves bands at the end of the night having to drag their stuff home. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, that's you know nobody likes a loadout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll I'll do that for you. Yeah, cool. So that's it, Jim. Um, an absolute pleasure, and thanks a million for coming in and chatting to us. Um, it's fascinating to hear how you made your career in a different country and still remained true to your soul, which is. Uh, like I said, it's, it's all accidental, just like putting pieces together as I go along. Yeah. So, but in, maybe in a couple of years, I look back and see how the puzzle came together. And yeah. It, it might all have been worth it. I, th I think so. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a fascinating story. And uh, be sure to check out your work as well with Irish Metal Archives. Cool. And yeah. check the man out for uh, the newly named Sirocco. He'll sign um, <laughs> sign some free CDs. I'm, not, the, I'm not joking. I'm going to bring... <laughs> at the, the Paranoid Beast Promotions. Exactly. Gig. I'm going to bring copies of all three Sirocco albums and, you know... Uh, cool. Just take them, take them, because they're they're taking up space at my house. I need to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. So just a quick plug then, really. So it's uh, Victims of Creation, um, Jim's band. They're uh, supporting Hexus and Zato Krev in uh, Fred Zeppelin's on the twenty fourth of August. Um, that's with the Paranoid Beast Promotions. And the following night, um, shout out to Dave Walsh and Bleak Noise Promotions because they're hosting Hexus. Uh, Tengil and Horenda in Drop Dead Twice um, in Dublin and that's 10 quid entry 
So you have a good choice between both gigs. Uh, go out and support it. Absolutely. Pleasure. Okay. Uh, thanks, Jim. Wish you nothing but success in the future. And uh, don't be a stranger. <laughs> so be sure to check out the metal cell on facebook and instagram and if you're a band and you want to hit me up you can contact me at the metal cell at gmail.com and also be sure to check out um the new youtube channel and the metal cell 666 and we have all the interviews up on that as well uh, that's it so over and out.